Hello everybody, it's Gio and Joey again doing another music reaction video. Joey, tell us what this video is about explicitly and then we'll jump into the song. Yeah, so I actually, this song, again, <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a country gospel kind of guy. But what I really liked about this song is it was raw. And it's, it's something that I think as Christians we need to encourage people to do more. And that is actually wrestle with God, right? I know in the Bible, right, Jacob wrestled with God, right? And he was the father of the Israelites, right? In other words, or Abraham. I think of Abraham, right, when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham bargained, was like, would you really do this if there was 50 good people, 40 good people, 30? So in other words, and, and Isaiah 118 says, right, the Lord says, come now, let us reason together. In other words, um, God invites our questioning. Right? God invites our right, our doubts even, right? I think of, you know, the Apostle Thomas, who after the Lord's resurrection, right, the other disciples and, you know, the Mary Magdalene and stuff, they had seen Jesus, right, and they had said it. Thomas is like, no, I don't believe, I don't believe, I don't believe. Unless I see him and, you know, touch his side, I won't believe. And Jesus gave him that, right? In other words, because he knew his heart, right, that he, that he would actually mm -hmm. believe. And then also I think of the story of from the Gospels of the guy who wanted his his servant or child healed. And the Lord said, is like, if you believe this can happen, and he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So in other words, God welcomes our doubts. He welcomes our questions. And so that's the spirit of this song. Yeah, and basically to sum up what Joey's saying is that truth is not afraid of scrutiny. And so God wants you to explore whether his claims are true or not. And so let's dive into this song. I haven't heard it. Joey has. But let's see what it's about. From the very get-go, it's very serious. There's a lot of questions that I have about the past And I don't want to hear it from a human You made it so you're the last person that I'm ever gonna ask Tell me what's real, tell me what's fake Why is everything about you a debate? What's the point of love? Every time I showed it I was broken And it's forced me just to only want to hate Why is it only one you but multiple religions? Why does every conversation... Let me jump in here real quick Because he said something He says, why is it... He said something like, why is it always about you? Or something to that effect and there's a beautiful answer, and it's actually found in Romans chapter 1. We did an episode on Romans chapter 1. We'll do a second episode on it. The beauty is that God is the only thing you can worship that doesn't corrupt you because there are religions that worship rats and animals, and that degrades you. We were created in God's image. And the second thing is that Worshiping God is the only thing that doesn't degrade you and doesn't degrade the person being worshipped. If you worship a movie star or athlete, it gets to their head and they end up doing something nuts. 
end up divorcing their wives, have affairs, things like that. God is the only thing you can worship that doesn't degrade the person nor degrades the person receiving the worship. So that's why God asks for exclusive worship because he elevates us so much so that Peter tells us into the divine nature, which is a hope we have. In the division, why does everybody want to tell us how to live? But they won't listen to the same damn message that they give. Tell me how to feel, tell me what's wrong. I tried to call, pick up the phone, I'm on my own. Everybody says you coming back to man. Why the hell's it taking so long? Why do I hurt? Why is there pain? Why does everything good always have to change? Why does everybody try to profit off another man's work than destroy it just for monetary gain? Tell me all you black, all you white. I don't even really care. I just really want to know what's right. They've been saying one thing, but I've been looking in the book, and it seems like they've been lying for my whole damn life. Tell me where I'm going. Is it heaven or hell? I just hope this message greets you well. Had a dream that I was walking with the devil. Don't remember how it feels, but I swear that I remember the smell. Look me right into my eye and told me everything I wanted could be mine if I gave up and decided to sell. But I said I'd rather die than get mine. Now I'm here. No fear, one man with a story to tell. Dear God, where were you when I needed it? When I up and repeated it? When they set the bar and I exceeded it? My life is like a book that they've been judging by a cover, but I've never took the time to free this. I remember telling you my goals and my dreams, but you didn't even answer, so I guess you didn't believe in it. I remember sitting with a gun. One thing I'm capturing from the video is that he's he's wondering or he's basically wrestling with the problem of evil, right? Why does God allow evil in life? And that's a question many people have, and it's a great question to talk about. And that's what I'm capturing from the song. I totally agree with you. That's ultimately what this is about. It's about, again, theodicy, right? How can God be good when there's so much evil? Like, that's what he's struggling with, and that's what... I mean, I think we all, I, I know myself, that's something I've struggled with, right? In other words, I think it's just common, right? When we look out there, we see children suffering. We see child molestation. We think of mass murder, right? And it's like, how can God be good if all this is happening? That's an honest question to ask. The other thing that jumped out at me there about that last little clip there is where he said that he remembers walking with the devil and the devil asking him basically offering him the world, offering him fame if he sell his soul. And... Again, this is just a song, right? He's writing this in a song, but this stuff happens, right? There's mm -hmm. many stories of people. We went through an episode of this as well, of Aleister Crowley and stuff. But there's many episodes of, or many instances of celebrities who have sold their souls, who have, in order to get fame, have made deals with the devil. And what I like about Dax, right? Even he, he talks in ways, right? What I think he could clean up his language a little bit. Right? Same with Tom McDonald. We did another reaction video too. But the thing I like about these guys is I don't, again, I don't know their hearts, but when I listen to the messages of their music and how it does contradict in many ways the prevailing culture, I think we as Christians need to be ready to affirm the good. Well, maybe, you know, maybe we say like you should clean up your language a little. But like when we're given so much crap, when our kids are given so much crap in their minds, right? Like media that's sexualizing them and pushing violence and drugs. Right? When we have people who even in a less than perfect way contradict that and push them in a good direction, I think as Christians, we should respond to that in kind as well and say like, yes, this is better. Clean up the language a little maybe, but thank you for not pushing the same demonic filth that most artists are. 
Yeah, no doubt. Look, God can use anybody at any time. We are not the judges of where he's at in his walk with the Lord. We wouldn't speak in the manner he does because of our relationship with God. But that doesn't mean God can't use him. God used a donkey in scripture, right? He used a, a demons spoke the truth. I know who you are. You're the holy son of God. So just because the messenger you may not agree with, listen to the message. Separate the message from the messenger if you have to. Is it truth? And if it's truth, go towards that and just don't stay at a level of truth. Continue to climb, continue to seek, continue to grow closer to truth, and you'll find Jesus Christ at the end of that. Let's continue here. My head trying to ask you for some help. I don't want religion, I need that spirituality. I don't want a church, I need people to call a family. I don't want to tell my sins to another sinner just because he's got a robe and he went to some academy. I don't want to read it in the book, I want to hear it from you. Don't want to learn it in my school because they're hiding the truth. Don't want to talk about it to another human being, and that's the only reason that I even step in this booth, dear God. How do I take this darkness and turn it into light? How do I believe in the concept where I speak to a man I've never seen with my own two eyes? How do I know that religion wasn't made just to separate the world and create a whole disguise just to keep us in these? He said this, and this is, I remember when I was first coming back to Christ, that I don't want to say I wrestled with it, but it, it was in my forefront. He says, how do I believe in a man that I cannot see? Or something to that effect. And that is the beauty of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not blind faith, but it's faith in the promises of Scripture. If you believe in the promises of Scripture and you act and you live your life upon those promises, you will see them come true. And so now I'm at the point where I don't physically need to see Jesus. I know he's real because his words to me in Scripture, the promises there, have been a reality in my life. Just like we maybe have never seen the country of France. We know it's there. Even though there are other aspects, we've never been physically on the moon, although you can see the moon. But other things, right? You don't need to physically see things. For example, my wife at the moment is with her father in Waco. I don't need to see her to know that she is alive that she is still my wife, that she is still a living person. We have a relationship. And once you build your life on the promises of Scripture, you won't need to see the person. A good example is blind people. They don't see anybody. Yet they have relationships with people that are deep and meaningful because they, the conversation, the that leads to the relationship is genuine, even though they've never seen the person. So to those who may be pondering that, faith, Christian faith is not blind. It's based on the promises found in scripture. I agree everything you said. And there's one other point that he made in that clip there that I mm -hmm. wanted to bring out. So he said, I don't need religion. I want that spirituality. Right now, listen, I think that phrase is a little misused, incoherent because Religion is just, now there's false religion and there's harmful religion, but religion is just a systematic process of trying to know God, right? And doing it in community. So I'm not, I'm not opposed to religion. I am both religious and spiritual to yes. go against the modern phrase of like spiritual, not religious. But he said another thing that I think the church, 
would do well to listen to. He said, I don't need a church. I need people to call a family. Now, mm-hmm. listen, I think I think the church should be the people you can call family. And there's something where, listen, I think the modern church could use a lesson here. And I saw a graphic that was done one time. It says, early church, and it had it split into what they did in four parts. Right? It said, in the one part was the table, right, which is communion. right? And the other part was Bible study. The other part was fellowship and breaking bread together. And then the other part was prayer. I think it says prayer, mm-hmm. prayer, Bible study, fellowship, and breaking bread together and communion. And added these in these four equal parts. And that was the church. Right? And today, right, it had the same thing. And like the whole circle was basically like church service, sermon, right? All com- like, uh, like all things that you part like you're an audience member for, and then a little bit of like Bible study prayer. And I said, I think we need to balance that out in that. Yeah, we should be more Bible study. So yeah, I think we need to balance that out more into these four. Like, we should be a family. We should be fellowshipping with the people that you go to church with. You should know them by name, right? The new people, right? You should recognize them as a new person and make sure you're being friendly to them. Invite them over to eat, right? That is part of being the church. Church is not sitting in a pew Saturday morning. We'll get into that a little bit more. Or for many, for most Christians... Sunday morning, right? Mm-hmm. Once a week, right? It's it's experiential. It's fellowship. It's communion. It's studying the word with other people. That's church. It's not just this thing where we're just consumers, right? We're supposed to be giving as well. Yeah, and so and to, to validate that. Yeah, and to jump in with what he was saying and what you brought out about religion and spirituality, Jesus Christ Himself said. Who are my brothers and sisters? Those who do the will of the Father. In other words, that's when spirituality, doing the will of the Father, becomes true religion and it leads to true family, to people that you can bind with because you are united in Christ. And so that's the proper relationship with the Father will lead to good family-like bonds within the church. Let's continue here. Change while the rich get richer and the poor pray to you and perpetuate a lie. How do I know this ain't some big joke? How can I have faith when there is no hope? How the hell does one man have a hundred billion dollars and we still have people on the street that are broke? There's a lot of things I want to talk about and get off my chest. I can't sleep because the devil won't let me rest. I used to know a pastor in a church and I can still hear the screams of the kids he will molest. Dear God, do you hear me? Do you hear me? I'm supposed to fear you, but you ain't sent, so maybe it's you. You know where he talked about I could still hear the screams of the children that a pastor molested. And Jesus addresses that in the Bible. He says, woe unto you who causes one of these little ones to stumble. It's going to be worse for you than it is for others. Because Jesus takes this seriously. Now, in a world with free will, in a world where people can make their own decisions, Unfortunately, evil is going to take place, but the the temptation or the hazard is to let go of God in the midst of suffering and miss out on eternal life. See, this world is not the final home. Whatever happens on this planet is not the final word. God has the final word and he will write that which has been made wrong 
here on this earth. And that's why understanding scripture, that's why trusting in God and, and growing your faith is paramount for when you do go through those horrific episodes of suffering, which many of us eventually will go through or have gone through. Yeah, and the other thing I just wanted to say that I think is important to just mention here is sometimes in certain corners of the church, sometimes there can be a tendency to spiritualize away abuse. And I think that's very important. And as we're doing the, you know, as we're being the church, right? In other words, there's nothing loving to anyone, not the abuser and certainly not the abused to cover up abuse, right? To try to save the image of the church. First of all, just practically speaking, it's not going to save the image of the church. These dark things are going to come out and then it's going to be even more scandal that, you know, that you hit it. But first and foremost is these are kids. These are people who are being hurt. Why would you not? Why would you hide that? But as Christians, we should expose these things and make sure that, yes, there's, a, there's accountability, that people who hurt children aren't put in a position where they can do it again. So that's just one thing I wanted to plug is don't try to hide it, right? If it's going on in your church, expose it, protect the kids, be the feet and hands of Jesus to these people who are hurting. Yes, expose it for real. Let's keep going. Who actually fears me? I don't know the answer. I just want to see it clearly. So many lies and a thousand different theories. All I want to know is who really made religion because I know it wasn't you, but don't nobody believe me. No more lies. No more death. Bring back King. Bring back X. Please, dear God, let their souls rest. Protect who's left and watch their steps. Dear God. Dear God. Dear God. I don't want to have to ask you again. I just hope that you know that I'm still a believer. So I'll end this all. By saying amen. I like how he ended it. He says, I'll end it by saying amen. And here's why I like that. Because throughout the whole song, he had doubts. Throughout the whole song, he was angry with God. And that's none of that is unbiblical. You'll see in scripture, men of God, Elijah had doubts. David was angry in the Psalms. Even our dear Lord and Savior had moments on the cross where he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where he felt that God had abandoned him, had forsaken him. But like this video ended and like Christ, Christ in the end said, unto thy hands I commit my spirit. In other words, when the rubber met the road, they hung their faith on God. And that is the message that I take from this video, that no matter how bleak it gets, do not abandon your faith in God. Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Joey, your thoughts as we wrap up. Yeah, my final thought is just always remember that you can question, right? You can have your question, you can have your doubts, and that doesn't mean you have to separate yourself from faith, right? In other words, I think a lot of people have this idea that if they don't have everything perfectly figured out, they shouldn't go to church or they shouldn't be a part of, you know, they shouldn't call themselves Christian. It's like, no, you can be a Christian with your doubts. You can be a Christian with your questions, right? God is big enough and understanding enough to take you as you are, right? And obviously, if you're truly walking in him, you'll grow in understanding. But like, 
understanding is not a prerequisite of being a Christian. Just follow. So I'll end with this story. So I used to go every Christmas time on a mission trip to Mexico and we'd build churches. And the last year I went, we were building a church and the first day of construction, this guy shows up and he is wasted. And he smells like alcohol. He's drunk as can be, slurring his words. But he sees what we're doing. We kind of explain to him. A little, we got one of our translators kind of explain to him a little bit what we're doing. We're building a church. And he just gets super excited. He's like, oh, you're building a church. Awesome. He's like, I want to help. And so he comes to our, I'm on the cement mixing crew where we mix mud to pour in the walls. And I'm on that crew. And he's like, he wants to help. So he grabs a shovel. He just starts mixing. He's not helping very much. He's throwing mud all over the place. We're losing more than anything. But then the next day he comes back. He's still drunk the next day, but he comes back. Third day. He's now, he, he had had a couple of drinks, but he's not drunk. Um, then uh, there's Wednesday, Thursday, excited. And then finally, he, uh, so he comes back every day. By the last couple of days, he's had it, had any alcohol. And that, by that Sabbath, he makes the decision. He wants to be a part of this church he helped build. And he's baptized that Sabbath. And to a lot of us Christians in America, we think, like, what are you doing? You're baptizing someone after only a week? Well, at the beginning of the week, he was drunk. But what we have to understand about the church down there is they view baptism as the start. In other words, and a lot of times in the American church, we view baptism as the culmination of a lot of study and whatever. And then by the time you're baptized, you're now a Christian and you're expected to whatever. But down there, they baptize you and then they come around you and they surround you and they, you know, they take you under their wing and they, te- so in other words, it's very different mm-hmm. and their retention rate and is much higher than it is here. So in other words, I think if we embrace people in their doubts and in their sins, right, and we let them grow in Christ, right, I think we're going to have, we're going to see revival in our churches here. And that's the hope. Uh, My hope, Joey's hope, is that everybody who listens to us, those in our social circles, will end up in a faith-saving relationship with Christ, no matter our differences here on earth. I like, I have an expression I like to say with people I disagree with. Let's just make sure we can laugh it off in the kingdom. As long as we're there, we can hash out our differences and we'll live eternally with Christ because he's the only one who can offer it. He's the only one that can write us a check that will not bounce. And that check is written, eternal life. May you believe in the gospel and in the final word, just say amen to the teachings of Christ. Until next time, everybody, take care. Gio and Joey.